0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show, and uh, hopefully... Since I was on last, uh, obviously, Carl Safchek on the show earlier in the week, a lot of fun talking with him. We'll be talking more football now, as always, on the Overtime Martin Podcast. Is all about American football, but uh, really looking forward to today's guest. It's Dave Larkin, uh, part of the Football Guys team over there. Does a lot of work for them. We'll be having him on in a little moment, uh, another Irish man. So it's going to be fun talking with him. As always, thanks for downloading the show. Thanks for listening and hopefully you've been enjoying. Uh, I did promise you a few weeks back when I was doing the show on my own, doing it solo, that I was going to have more guests so on more people coming on the show and uh, i have hopefully been fulfilling on that hopefully you've been enjoying all the people that we've put on and if you have been enjoying please do go to itunes Stitcher, TuneIn, tune wherever you're listening to this on Uh, hopefully you've hit the subscribe button but give us a rating and a comment it helps move us up the itunes ranks and uh, as always thanks for your continued support I did mention on the recap show that we will be giving away some uh, free OTI t-shirts this week for that support that you have been giving us, so stay tuned to that Overtime Ireland Twitter feed, that is at Overtime Ireland this coming Sunday, and uh, we will be to having some giveaways there, so get involved in those. Mostly down to people spreading the word off Overtime Ireland on social media, so thanks again for that. As always, OTI Fantasy 5's coming up this week as well. Do get involved. It's on OvertimeIreland.com, and you can see the link there for Fantasy 5's. It is in association with FanFeed.co.uk as well. Pick five players from the Sunday slate of games, uh, whoever you pick. See the points roll and see how things go, and of course, whoever has the highest amount of points at the end of it wins the prize. The prize is, whoever puts in £3 can enter into the tournament and whoever wins the tournament wins all those combined three pounds that are in the pot. So get involved this week, hopefully win yourself some cash and see how things go. Of course, fan feud fan, fe- fan feud and DraftKings kings under some pressure this week in New York we'll be talking about that with Dave in a moment. But uh, something that's not under pressure is OTI Fantasy Fives. Get involved this coming Sunday on OvertimeArden.com So all the plugs out of the way, uh, let's start talking football. Let's get straight into it and let's get Dave Larkin on the show right now. <coughs> Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. I'd like to be joined now back on the podcast by fellow Irishman Dave Larkin. We had him on, uh, I think it was around week one or week two, just prior to me coming over to Australia, but in Australia now. So I guess, Dave, you're the man representing the Emerald Island uh, on this podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Uh,
0: no problem at no, all, Colin. And happy to represent the Emerald. Although uh, I'm sure Australia has its charms as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, I was just uh, just before we uh, came on air, I was telling you it's the first time I've ever tried it, but I uh, had some kangaroo meatballs for dinner, so it turned out quite well. So maybe go down that road again. But uh, something that uh, you know, probably outside of Australia, you not many too man, not too many people buying uh, kangaroo, but uh, enjoyed it while they had it. But um, obviously, week ten coming up this week, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, lots of different topics going on and you know if we'll start off with the topic of uh, fantasy sports obviously daily fantasy sports been a big talking point this past few days uh, particularly in the New York area with uh, DraftKings and FanDuel uh, you know there's been uh, commotion going on with the uh, government and legislation trying to kind of shut them down as illegal gambling sites uh, I, I still think it's going to be very hard for them to to shut them down. But you know, letting them get started up in the first place, I think was the issue. It was always going to kind of have a boom with the way fantasy sports have gone. But what's your thoughts uh, overall on you know the the legislation trying to shut down?
0: It's a really interesting topic because you can come at it from different angles. You can kind of you can see the legislators' point of view where they kind of want to make a name for themselves, and it's such a big uh, case. You know, it's such a big thing to take down if they were to do it but there is the sense that it's gotten so big now and that they're two of the biggest uh, you know they're fastest growing uh, organizations in the states right now that it will be too difficult to definitely kind of uh, once and for all take them down and yeah. destroy daily fantasy because it's you know billion dollar industry at this stage but uh, yeah what's interesting to me is, is the whole argument that they use and the kind of uh you know the, the logic behind it is that it's skill-based and this is the kind of loophole that's in the the law yeah. in the states that because it's skill-based you're allowed to do it and it's not considered gambling but i think there's going to be a lot more interesting uh twists in the tail in the next few years as this thing gets bigger and bigger but um it 's going to be very very interesting
1: to see how it goes yeah obviously with it I, I watched it at the very start when it started to grow because obviously gambling in many, many states in the america is illegal it 's obviously legal in las Vegas and then there 's certain uh, you know race tracks and so on that you can put on bets uh, The the Americans like to call them wagers but uh, being inbo- involved in betting industries uh, over the last say five or six years myself i 've kept a close eye on it, and I thought at the start the whole uh, argument of the game of skill and the game of luck was a bit. You know, it's definitely a technicality. At the you know, I I don't really agree with it. Been the people who are playing it on a week-to-week basis, that the fan or fan feud and uh, DraftKings are making so much money off, are not the people who are the game of skill players. The game of skill players are the guys that are putting in, you know, anything up to a couple of thousand, uh, maybe even into the. three figures in the big tournaments to try and win using different algorithms and so on we heard the story about one of the employees using the other uh, the data to win on another company's site so things like that there it's the guys with all that information that are really going to win these big tournaments and then your average everyday joe is kind of it's a game of luck for them rather than a game of skill. so we'll see how that goes we'll see what happens but I think at this stage in America, it's time to loosen up the gambling laws just a little bit, and you know that would that would save yeah. a lot of hassle here. Probably at the end of the day, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm sure there'll still be a huge uptake in uh, fantasy sports this weekend, and of course, it's helping. They have been really pushing an uh, advertisement over the past kind of six eight months, but I guess uh, any publicity is good publicity. Maybe they'll say at the end of the day, moving into the actual games. Um, we're going to start off. My Green Bay Packers lost to the Panthers last week. I know you're a Panthers fan, so. Congratulations to the team on a real roll at this point in time, but a bad result for the Packers. But I think... Uh, really watching the game. There's no way that you could argue argue that the Panthers didn't deserve to win that game. We'll be talking about them in a little bit, but the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field who have been, uh, you know, that has been just kind of a guaranteed win for them over the past couple of seasons, playing at Lambeau, playing at home. They're playing the Detroit Lions. The last time the Detroit Lions beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, I think, was back in 1991, so we'll see if they can do it this season, but the Detroit Lions' last game they played was in Wembley where they got, uh, you know, really... Turned over big style by the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, they had a bye week last week. The Green Bay Packers are mentioned to lose, and they, the Green Bay Packers six and two. Detroit Lions one and seven. I am um, expecting the Packers to bounce back in a major way here, but you know the Lions kind of coming off a bye. Where do you see the Lions going uh, from where they are now? I suppose at the very, very bottom, can they start to turn things around this season, or is it too late already at this stage? Mm.
0: Well, when I watched them against the Chiefs, they looked like a team who just didn't care. And any time yeah. it gets to that point, it's really it's, it's a reflection of the coaching staff, it's a reflection of the entire organization and the, the turmoil that they're going through at the moment. Uh, this season, I don't see a massive turnaround, maybe two or three more wins, which would give the fans a little bit of optimism. But, um, you know, Martha Ford is not uh, wasting any time there, firing uh, <laughs> the GM and the team president. And I think Mr. Caldwell will be soon to follow. He just, I don't know what it is about him. He just doesn't inspire confidence in myself. And I i can't see men following him. I, I don't know, but maybe that's unfair. Um, I think the Packers do get it back on track here in a big way. Um, this is the perfect time to play the Lions. The really interesting question is what do you do with Matthew Stafford? Because he's young enough that, and he's shown enough, that uh, there's definitely a reason to hold on to him and that there's such a lack of other quarterback talents um, coming through kind of wonder what they're going to do with that situation um, yeah I, I mean you can only see Green Bay winning this game um, it's going to be, it should be a, a classic Lambo blowout which I'm sure you'll enjoy.
1: Yeah hopefully hopefully it'll be one to enjoy obviously losing the past two weeks, lost the week before as well to uh, the Denver Broncos, they had a bye week before that so hasn't been a win for Green Bay in a couple of weeks but we'll see how it goes, obviously the big news coming out of Green Bay is Eddie Lacey is no longer the starting running back as things stand, uh, Jim Stark's going to be starting this week but the way they have been playing the last few weeks, they've been in and out multi-changing. Uh, we'll see how the workload is split in this. Eddie Lacey hasn't been playing well this season at all. and you know A lot of it, I think, is down to the injuries, nagging injuries. But at the end of the day, uh, you know he's not getting it done. So we'll see how he does in the coming weeks. But any fantasy fans out there with uh, Eddie Lacey on their team, I'm sure they're starting to worry. And I'm sure they have been worrying all season long. Have you, uh, your thoughts on Eddie Lacey, you know, in general? I'm I'm obviously shocked. He was a you know a kind of top three or four pick uh, all the way around this year in fantasy football. Um, just really struggling, having a, a completely uh, you know bust year for where he was taken in fantasy football drafts.
0: Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, I think it. To be honest, a lot of the running backs taken at the top of uh, fantasy yeah, drafts have really disappointed bad. this year. So he's not he's not alone in that. But um, watching him, uh, you know, a few times this season, I've just kind of seen that he doesn't add much to his touches i think that's the first thing that jumps out to me watching him the odd time you will see him burst through the line and you kind of go okay head of steam you know here we go but then when he's forced to kind of make moves to the line of scrimmage it's not as sharp as it needs to be i think james starks offers that a bit more a bit more direct maybe what confuses me about the whole situation is that Lacey with the kind of frame he has and the kind of you know like nobody wants to tackle him yeah. so when he gets downhill it should be over but there's just something missing in his game right now and I think you're right, injuries will play a huge part in that kind of uh, bullish running style, especially ankle so I think we might see him get back to form next season, but uh, for the rest of this season, those kind of ankle, lower body injuries for running backs can be very
1: troublesome yeah, because obviously there's a lot of talk the last few weeks over Starks, both fantasy football wise and real life football f- football wise. But when you look at what he's doing, Starks isn't doing anything spectacular. It's just that he's doing better than Eddie Lacy. So you know, there's a lot of people exactly. clamouring for Starks to get more carries, but he isn't doing anything. Watching games, all that more spectacular. He has had a few bigger plays, longer runs. But we'll see how it goes this week against the Lions, who, as you said, look to uh, pretty much have given up on the season and. Obviously, coming off the bye, sometimes we expect a team to come off a bye motivated, ready to go. But this just, or this uh, Lions team, I really don't know what we're going to see in this one. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys. They're traveling to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys now two and six, uh, winless without Tony Romo, and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers three and five. The Buccaneers lost last week to the Giants at home. They have a terrible home field advantage over the last couple of years. It's a home field disadvantage, really, I would call it haven't had many wins at home under Lovey Smith so we'll see how they can do they are favorites in this game with the bookmakers two and a half point favorites against the Cowboys I mentioned Tony Romo out again Des Bryant uh, looks like he's going to play this week obviously he had that spectacular catch in the end zone for the touchdown but he landed a little bit awkwardly on that so we'll see how his foot reacts but I'm expecting him to play this week the Cowboys obviously need to get Tony Romo back in a, in a really really big way but even at this point two and six I think it's pretty much stone and dusted for their playoff hopes I know the other teams aren't that far ahead in the division but I just can't see them catching them and I think this is going to be a tough game for them this week actually
0: I agree um, I think I've, I've really liked what I've seen from Jameis Winston in the last few weeks first of all he's now gone four games without throwing an interception after throwing seven prior to that and, and they tended to come in bunches and you can kind of tell he was forcing things a bit yeah. that's the kind of player he is but he's kind of playing with a nice controlled aggression right now uh, the one thing the Bucks need to do is get better in the red zone they've only scored on yeah. 42% of the red zone possessions this season that, that has to be better uh, the Cowboys however um, run a very similar defense to the Bucs uh, cover two uh, primarily uh, the Lovey Smith uh, Rod Marinelli kind of uh, clash there so um, I think James will be very used to what he sees what Dallas are throwing at him and as we've seen in previous weeks the, the Dallas defense although it does have moments where you kind of go yeah this team can limit this other team to whatever 20 points or under it also has these breakdowns as we saw last week where you know late in the game especially there just isn't enough pass rush and there isn't enough to threaten and offensively the Cowboys are just not scoring enough to put their defense in a good position so I really like the books in this game and um yeah i mean i i just can't see dallas winning a game and i think at two and six uh they are basically out of the playoff
1: hunt yeah i think that as well you mentioned uh, obviously the buccaneers they are uh struggling in the red zone looks like they might get uh, austin safarian jenkins back this week and uh, he had a couple of big w- or he had one big week to start the season and then he kind of picked up that shoulder injury looked like he was on track to play last week but they did set him out so i'm expecting him 100 to be in the lineup this week and when you get into the red zone get that big body target in there gives you a little bit more chance to to get the productivity and um obviously there's been a obviously well documented this past few weeks the, the issues with drops with Mike Evans we'll see if he can you know get those hands sorted he is still putting up major major games I don't think I've ever seen a player criticised as much for I think he put up hundred over 120 yards last week so I don't yeah. think I've seen a player that much criticised uh, for putting up that many yards but he did have I think it was in seven drops was it last week so We'll see how he he does this week. Um, obviously still a very good talent, but at the moment it is very much volume-based. We'll see when they get Vincent Jackson back later in the season. But this team, you know, it uh, it has some some pieces to be positive about and uh, just if they could stop settling for field goals in the red zone. So that's a key this week if I was looking at this team. If they're to win this week, need to try and punch some of those in, in the red zone. The Cowboys, on the other hand, the defense has been playing quite well, much better than advertised, but last week they were dropping like flies, obviously, against the Eagles and by the time it got to the end of the game they were just really really depleted Uh, Sean Lee had a concussion in that game we'll see if he can get through the concussion protocol and play this week But uh, part of the defence, obviously, Greg Hardy has been playing for them. They haven't got a win since Tony Romo went out, but they obviously haven't got a win either since Greg Hardy came into the team. Maybe a bit of karma coming back here for the Dallas Cowboys, having Greg Hardy on the field. Obviously, the pictures came out this past week with uh, the incident involving him and his court case and obviously basically paid off uh, his ex-girlfriend to get out of that situation. But Greg Hardy, obviously a very talented football player, but uh, as moral standards go, uh, I think we could all do without seeing him on the NFL field. Uh, I know a lot of these guys are probably not, not that good of guys. Some of them are probably very, very bad. But his situation that he's playing, uh, it kind of strikes me that he's playing and Ray Rice still can't get a second chance. I know Ray Rice is an older running back, but when you look at the situations, uh, he seems to have got off very, very late.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a very uh, fraught situation. All right, uh, The Cowboys are seemingly just kind of ignoring all these issues and this is classic Cowboys uh, for me classic Jerry Jones um, just overlooking uh, past indiscretions and just looking at what you can produce on the field so um, I'm not at all surprised that they've decided to stick with him Uh, you mentioned Ray Rice earlier and how he has kind of uh, rehabilitated himself not just uh, you know privately but also in the public eye whereas Greg Hardy we see speeding off in his white Ferrari five minutes after the game (laughs) looking like he doesn't care uh, talking to people in the media and you know using you know very b- badly put together language to kind of uh, I'm not I don't remember the exact phrase he used. Do you remember? Yeah, it was that something end- like uh, it was
1: something to do with the gun. Anyway, when he was going to yeah, try and exactly. get after Tom Brady, so
0: exactly, yeah. So stuff like that. I mean, there's no doubt he's an incredible talent, uh, um, but I just think the Cowboys are just doing a disservice to the rest of the league by holding on to a player of his um, baggage. Let's say.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing the money he's picking up, but. Anyway, we've well, uh, we done well there. You mentioned uh, before that we would talk about Greg Hardy, and we got through it without using uh, any explicit yep. language, so we'll, we'll leave it yep. at that and our thoughts on uh, <laughs> Greg Hardy. Next up is, uh, of course, the 8-0 Carolina Panthers. I'm sure you're enjoying this season immensely. They are now 12-0 in the last 12 NFL regular season games that they've played. They travel to Tennessee this week. They are 2-6, getting a big win in overtime last week against the New Orleans Saints. Delaney Walker with a huge game last week for the Mariota with a very, very nice game, although... I did say it on the recap show. A couple of other decisions from Saints defenders, if they were improved, he would have had a couple more interceptions in this game. So, uh, how do you see the Panthers doing this coming week? And um, what have you thought so far of Marcus Mariota?
0: Um, on Mariota first, uh, I've been pretty impressed by what I've seen. There's definitely, if you compare, which he will be forever, compared to uh, Winston and how uh, the books are using him. They're very, very different. I, I would com- I would call Mariota the remedial passer. I'd call Winston the aspirational, developing passer. I think what they're giving Mariota to do is, at least under Wisenhunt, was very, you know, basically what he was doing at Oregon. It's very kind of process-based. Like, okay, Marcus, just kind of bang, 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 one, two, three. If it's not there, throw it away, or just yeah. run yourself, whatever you need to do. Nice and simple. Uh, not too complex passing schemes. So uh, that leads on to the Panthers, which they should be able to prepare for him defensively. They know what a quarterback who can break the pocket and uh, move around a bit can do uh, based on practice against Cam Newton and um, yeah. I would be a little bit concerned about uh, Mariota because he's certainly not afraid of throwing it downfield the Titans do have some underrated weapons and I think their front seven is better than a lot of people think and the Panthers have had trouble protecting leads in the past few weeks you have to think that might come back and bite them at some point but I do think they will if the Panthers come out with a victory here
1: yeah, it's amazing to think the Panthers, after this game, could be 9-0, and and I did mention that stat again, that they are 12-0 and in the last 12 games in the regular season, so if they go to win another one, 13-0, that does not happen. I I'm not actually sure, obviously teams have gone 16-0 and in the regular season, but I don't know what the, the overall total is, but very, very impressive from the Carolina Panthers so far. Cam Newton's passer rating, you know, his you know, uh, pass percentage completion isn't all that impressive when you look at it, but... What he does from game to game to help get the team victories between running the ball, between his passes, and that their pass completion percentage as well. You have to again some of the, you know, you have to again to who he's throwing to as well in that situation. So I think overall they have the uh, the right matchup here to win against the Tennessee. Titans, obviously Marcus Mariota had a huge game last week, and I mentioned some of the errors by the Saints defence, uh, you know, Carolina's defence is a lot, lot uh, tougher task we'll see, can he unlock that, but Aaron Rodgers did unlock it at times last week, but did struggle as well, very much so against it so I'm expecting it to be a long, long day uh, for Jim, or for Marcus Mariota in this one, and uh, that's two wins we're going here for the Carolina Panthers next up, it's going to be an interesting game the next game, I'm going to talk about is the Chicago Bears, they're travelling to face the Rams, the Rams obviously defense it's kind of it's not been talked about as much as it should be it has been very impressive this season um, the bears obviously getting to win a win in monday night football against the chargers who have had a really disastrous season by all accounts but three and five for the chicago bears four and four for the rams if the rams want to you know show themselves as potential wild card or playoff contenders this is a game that they must win to stay above 500 to get to that five and four and have a chance in, in the division so overall the bears i think they're having a better season than i definitely expected them to have but uh, the the Rams here possess a very, very difficult task for them.
0: Sure do, and um, yeah, I mean, I was impressed with the Bears on Monday night. I think there's, you're absolutely right about the the win total. I actually put a bet on the Bears under seven wins, because I was that confident <laughs> that it would just be a disaster season, yeah. that John Fox, in the first few weeks, it looked like he was blowing the whole thing up, like, Matt is going to be traded, you know, let's change the quarterback, you know, Trade a Jared and, and Cutler's injured, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but you know what I'm actually going to take the Bears in this game and, and you may go well but I mean I was very impressed by what I saw on Monday night I think defensively they're coming together a little bit I know it was San Diego but there's just kind of they look like they actually care you know and like the Lions they look yeah. like they are playing for their coach for each other and I think the Rams are a team that if they get out of their comfort zone and Jeff Fisher can't play caveman football then uh, they might be in a bit of trouble and uh, Jay Cutler showed, uh, certainly, with the, the connection with Alshon Jeffrey is really flourishing at the moment. Um, the Bears do have the 24th-ranked rush defense, which is a bit of a concern against Todd Gurley. But I think that he's clearly, Cutler is the clearly better quarterback in this game. And i I take the Bears in a low-scoring affair here.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the Bears, I think, to win in this. You mentioned Jeffery. Um, I did tell the podcast listeners on... The review pod that I was trying to get a trade done in Dynasty Football with uh, Alshon Jeffrey I did get that push through just before coming on here so uh, really really glad to get him so obviously I think his talent mixed with Jay Cutler is definitely very very strong but I just think this St. Louis defense is going to be really tough the pass rush is very very strong and I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on Cutler all game long Obviously, uh, Matt Forte is going to be missing again. We'll see what Langford can do. The uh, Rams are very, very tough against tight ends, and we all know Martellus Bennett is a talented tight end, but it's going to be another tough day, I think, to get him on the ball. But. I think you're going to go on the, the ground-based game with the uh, Todd Gurley. I think he goes over 100 again. But the one thing I will say, and you did say uh, it was going to be a low-scoring game, I think the real problem for the Rams in this one is if the Bears could put up points early, maybe get a touchdown or two ahead. I think that's where the Rams will really struggle if a team gets a lead on them because Nick Foles has not been playing well the last couple of games. And really... Uh, we haven't even mentioned the fact that they've had to go and sign Wes Welker because they have really no other offensive weapons outside of uh, Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin. So, you know, I'm not expecting big things for him. His concussion injuries in the past, I said it on Twitter, really, really worry me going forward. I think he should have stayed off the field because. Uh, the amount of documented concussions he has is uh, obviously not good for him going forward but we'll see what the Rams can do but if they do fall behind to the Bears I think the Bears can hang on and win it but I think if it stays low scoring I think the Rams probably scrape over the, the end and uh, Craig lane probably gets uh, an over field yeah. goal to win this or something but uh, it's not one of the games I'm really looking forward to watching but it's one that I do think will be interesting to see how it turns out because if it's going to be uh, you know a good window into what these teams could potentially do for the rest of the season the next one up is the New Orleans Saints. They're travelling to the Washington Redskins. The Redskins have been surprising over the past few weeks and kept it closer than they a lot of people expected against the Patriots, but they uh that was more down to the fact that, you know, the Patriots lost Eon Lewis. They didn't really have to try all that hard and then they got some points in garbage time. So the the Redskins are three and five obviously. Kurt Cousins, I'm not his biggest fan, but he has been playing better the last couple of weeks. Uh, then on the other side, New Orleans, they lose last week to the Tennessee Titans. They're 4-5. and five. They had a 3-game winning streak. Can they get back on track this week? I guess that's my question going into this. For uh, Drew Brees and Co-, and Co. Yeah,
0: the real Jekyll and Hyde teams here, you don't really know what to think from week to week. Um, I think uh, the fact that the Saints have shown something, at least in recent weeks, is encouraging. Um, it's very hard to trust them on the road and if the Redskins could only get the game scripts they're trying to get every game which is you know really pound the ball uh, play pretty good defense then they could win a lot of games uh, I'm going to take the Redskins in this game but uh, what gives me pause is the fact that they are considering shifts in certain positions defensively and uh, notably at safety where they're bringing in Jerron Johnson and Kaishan Jarrett and um, I just don't like to see safety changes, you know, prior to a game, especially against a passing team like the Saints. There could be miscommunication, um, issues like that. So I'm reluctantly going to take the Redskins, but uh, this is a massive game for the Saints uh, right before their bye. If they could get back to 500, uh, they'd be in a good position to at least have a good drive for the wild card, which with a pretty easy schedule down the stretch. So, um, yeah, reluctantly putting my faith in Cousins here.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've picked the Redskins all season, and uh, I can tell you I'm not going to be picking them today either. (laughs) I don't really have a faith in this team, but I think they can keep up a little bit with the Saints. But if the Saints start to play like they have been the past few weeks, the Redskins are very good at stopping the run, but you know through the air. You mentioned trying to change things at safety; they've been struggling through the air. We'll see how they do. But the Saints' defense has really been struggling too. They've allowed ten touchdown passes over the past two games. So you know a lot of people talking about the the numbers. Breeze put up the last couple of weeks, but obviously he's having to put them up, and he wins one game in overtime with a field goal at fifty-two or whatever to forty-eight against yeah. the against the Giants and then last week they lose no overtime in a high scoring game so I'm expecting it probably to be high scoring again but we'll see how it goes I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints just because I think going forward this game means more to them you know if they want to try if they lose this game they're out of it that is the plain simple fact of it and uh, I think I, don't, I have no hope of the Washington Redskins making the playoffs this season so I think uh, that's the way we go uh, uh, this game I think could be one of the games you know when you look at a game at the end of the week and there's a kind of fantasy bonanza that we've seen it last week with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders I think this could be the one where you have players like Deshaun Jackson coming back from injury uh, Garcon, Reed at tight end and then the New Orleans Saints have Cook, Snead, Ingram I think this could be a real game where you see a lot of people coming out with uh, a lot of fantasy points in this one. but uh, we're, First game we've gone against each other, so I'm taking the Saints in that one. Uh, you're going for the Redskins. Next up, it is the Miami Dolphins. They are travelling to face the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles won in an overtime last week with the uh, touchdown by Jordan Matthews. So, they went against the Cowboys. They are 4-4 four and four. and uh, really they're trying to keep up at the moment with the New York Giants who continue to get results uh, kind of somehow week after week. I don't know how they're doing it. Not all that impressive, but uh they're getting the job done miami dolphins not that impressive either <laughs> i guess i'll just leave it at that um, They really? had a little bit of a bounce back after the buy-in uh, campbell came in as the head coach <laughs> but kind of back down to earth now how do you see this one going uh this week i think you know going on how teams are starting to the, t- the trajectory for philadelphia is starting to look up a little bit after they had that slow start do you see them taking care of business here against the uh, miami dolphins
0: i do um yeah these are teams going opposite directions as far as I'm concerned the the Dan Campbell magic has officially worn off I'm afraid to say Dolphins fans uh, it worked for the first couple of games you know he flexes his muscles a bit on the sideline he's like yeah let's run it a bit you know and they're like yeah okay let's do it but then you know you do kind of realise that you are the team that you are and eventually that comes through uh, very similar offences here of course Bill Lazor uh, former disciple of Chip Kelly so going to see um, a lot of up-tempo stuff. The Dolphins' defense, though, has been given up a lot of yards. Not yeah. necessarily points, but uh, I think it's about 428 yards a game the last few games. Uh, this Eagles front seven is not to be trifled with. Uh, Fletcher Cox is one of my favorite players um, in the NFL. We'll, we'll stop. Um, I think I still can't get behind Bradford, but I think he won't be asked to do as much here. There is the sense that the Eagles rushing attack is finally getting on track, and they need to give ryan matthews the ball more uh let's just be blunt about that not sure about jason peters whether he'll play or not i don't think it'll matter i think the eagles maybe put up 35 points here get a nice win at home The dolphins won't be able to keep up and we might see a similar thing to what happened against the patriots a couple weeks ago uh, where miami's offense is simply stifled and they just can't get past 17 points
1: yeah, haven't been impressed. Uh, haven't been impressed this season. I was expecting a lot, lot more out of Ryan Tannehill. He had progressed throughout last season. This season hasn't gone anywhere near how I expected it would for him. with the offensive pieces he's had, you know, players like Kenny Stills really hasn't turned up at all after coming over from the Saints. And just uh, obviously they can't get uh, Parker healthy on the field. Their rookie pick this season. You mentioned uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and getting Murray more of the ball. I do think Murray's playing better as a running back. But the thing I can't figure out is. Why keep running? Or not, Murray? Sorry, you said Matthews. Why they won't give uh, Math or Murray some of the runs? Are given Matthews? You know, Murray's running a lot of sweeps and so on, try and give him some runs between the tackles and see how he goes there. But the two running backs is uh, it's starting to work for them. Matthews is starting to catch the ball rather than just let it ricochet off his hands on every single attempt. But we'll we'll see how they do going forward. But you mentioned you know the defensive front seven of the Philadelphia Eagles. I would say it's probably up there with the most underrated units uh, in the NFL at the moment. They have been playing very, very well this season and there hasn't been really any talk about how good they've been doing. So I think they're going to try and shut down Lamar Miller this week and uh, we'll see how things go from there. But I'm going for a Philadelphia Eagles win. Again, you're starting to get to the point in the season, if these teams are going to be serious playoff contenders, step up and be counted. We had it with the Miami Dolphins last week. They needed to win against the Bills. They lost. Uh, We have it here with the Eagles. Can they get over the line? We'll see this coming Sunday. But I'm going for the Eagles. Uh, Next game up, divisional game. There'll be no Ben Roethlisberger this week. Well, he hasn't officially ruled himself out yet, but I don't think we're going to see him this week at home against the Cleveland Browns. Um, It's going to be you know, it's a game against the Steelers for that wildcard race need to win. They won last week against Oakland in a kind of a big game in the wild card race and the AFC. Playing the Cleveland Browns, they are not looking all that good. The question with the Cleveland Browns is, um, with the season really dead and buried at this point, do you stick with Johnny Manziel, see what you've got, or do you leave him back on the bench?
0: Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, it looks like McCown will be healthy to play. Uh, has Manziel shown you enough? I don't know. Uh, but you need to see more. more. So I think Mike Pettin faces the the classic dilemma of, do I go for wins and not necessarily worry about the future, or do I think about the future, put Manziel in, see what he can do, and basically write off the season um, in public. I think what he will do is uh, go with McCown if he's healthy and try to win the game because that's what coaches do. They are concerned about today and yeah. you know this season. But um, I don't think it's going to matter because um, Pittsburgh has it's been, surprisingly apart from that Oakland game last week, has been surprisingly stingy at home defensively uh, even if Landry Jones is starting I like his connection with Martavis Bryant I think the Browns are still a factory of sadness and it's gonna be, they're going to need a lot to turn this thing around um, what, what's your opinion actually I want to get your opinion on the, the Manziel versus McCann thing. What do you think they should
1: do? Yeah, I think, you know, when you, you kind of summed it up well that, you know, if you want to bend the season right now, you give Manziel a chance. But I think, you know, if Manziel isn't the answer after taking him in the first round last year and he didn't do anything last year, if he does absolutely nothing this year, going forward, I think you have to start looking again at finding that franchise quarterback because that is the long-term... Problem for the Cleveland Browns is finding who is going to be their future quarterback, and at the moment, you know, in the first half last week, Manziel looked okay, but uh, second half he really, really struggled in that in that situation. So I don't think he's ready at all to play in the NFL. But at some point, you have to say, you know, are you going to be an NFL quarterback or aren't you going to be an NFL quarterback, and make that decision. So. I think what you're, you're right in saying they're going to start off uh, Manziel on the bench, but if things aren't going well for the team, you could see later in the game, giving him an opportunity to come in and see if he can get some points on the board and moving forward, then they might. But I still think it's probably too early in the season to, to go with him. I just, I just don't think he, he's ever going to play at this level uh, consistently, and I think that's going to be the biggest issue. I think he's struggling at the moment to, to read defences, and any time he's put under pressure with his height, you know, we've seen Russell Wilson do it, escape in the pocket and being able to play downfield, but the way he's playing at the moment with his height, he seems to be struggling to see any even open receivers. So I I'm not sure long term if Manziel is ever gonna be the answer in Cleveland. The team, you know, when you look at what they've done over the last couple of years, we don't wanna rain on just rain down on Cleveland all the time, but when you look at what they've done with first round picks and then they traded away Trent Richardson and got another first round pick in for that there from the Colts yeah. and you know, just every time they make a pick, it just seems to go down the drain. They had Josh Garden. We'll see if they can get him back next season. By all by all reports that I've heard, he seems to be actually working very hard to get into the NFL again and working hard on his return. But just this team in general just doesn't seem to have any luck. And once they start to get something that's going good, it all falls apart. Just remember, a couple of weeks ago, they nearly uh, knocked off the Broncos at home. So. It's, it's a tough tie, obviously it's been tough being a Browns fan, but I just don't think uh, Manziel is the answer going forward, and you mentioned Landry Jones on the other side you know, he's a very young quarterback uh, we've seen him come in uh, against the Cardinals get the job done, but I think that was more down to what Martavis Bryant done in that game and you know, we've seen him again last week, took a short pass and went pass, I think three defenders for that touchdown he had last week, but he does have those uh, mental errors as well, and we'll see what happens in this game, but uh, you know, they're missing Levy on Bell as well, but uh, DeAngelo Williams had a phenomenal game last week. So we'll see how it goes. Cleveland really bad against the run. So I think that's, you know, going to help the Steelers this week really just focus on running the ball and then try and take some shots off play action. We'll see how it goes for them. But uh, I think I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers one here, too.
0: Next yep, up. Same for me.
1: Pittsburgh. <laughs> Next up, uh, I think probably everyone listening to the podcast as well is probably in Pittsburgh as well. <laughs> Next up, it's a game that really matters for you know these two teams. If you told me at the start of the season, I think actually when you were on the podcast, I think we might have discussed the Baltimore Ravens at the start of the season, and I was talking about you know I thought they had a chance to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, and I'm not afraid to admit my mistakes and my Baltimore prediction this season was definitely one of them. They are two and six there now without Steve Smith. Uh, this season really couldn't get any worse for them, Brasheed Perryman still hasn't got on the field for them, their first round pick uh, a lot of the first round picks this year at wide receiver have not really had much production on the field Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the other hand they have been having production on the field but the quarterback position really is still a worry for me with the way Bartles is playing, some of the mistakes he made last week against the Jets, he had one where he was lucky that it wasn't uh, recovered for a touchdown by the Jets where he was just Running at the five yard line and fumbled it into the end zone. Fortunately for him, he got back to the one yard line. But some mistakes like that, and you know, there's a lot of talk about the wide receivers. They have the wide receivers are pulling him out of more holes uh, than anything else. I think you know that's why he's looking good is because of them. But this game here is one on the road. They're playing in Baltimore. I just have no faith in this Baltimore Ravens team, and uh, probably shocks everyone to listen to the show. But uh, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. But it's just more down to the the Baltimore Ravens season has been such a train wreck.
0: Yeah, it really has. Um, I mean, if the Jaguars win this game, they're in that division, right? Yeah, that's true (laughs) too. It's crazy to dance. look injured, you know, I mean, anything can happen. And interestingly, the Jags have the easiest remaining schedule their opponents. combined record is 25-43 on the stretch. So, you know, if any team's going to do it, it's going to be this team. Um, Yeah, as for the Ravens, um, to be honest, nobody could have blamed you for taking them in the preseason. I (laughs) know I wasn't
1: the the only one, one, I know that. Yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. (laughs) So... I mean that—that's how they, good they've been over the past few years. It just seems like a lot of things have just gone against them this season. They've lost so many close games. Um, you know, I don't know how many. I think under seven points they've yeah, lost yeah, by yeah. about four times or something. So yeah, I mean it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard. Uh, we know this team is good. I trust them more than I trust the Jaguars. Um, so I'm going to take the Ravens. I heard a good acronym for what JAGS stands for, and that's just another good showing. So I think you're just going to see another you know, good showing here, from Jacksonville. But the good news is for them. That they have plenty of things to build on. Um, I like what I've seen from Portals this year the receivers, uh, all the Allens. And, uh, defensively, they just need a bit more work, but I really hope they stick with Gus Bradley
1: um, yeah. going forward. It is, it is. a team that I'm written for. I'm written for the Jaguars to improve because they have been trying to build things the right way. And you know, when they when things don't go well for them, it's been tough for them at times. But I like. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of T.J. Eldon and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this week. But you know, uh, the one surprise I have with this team so far on the offensive side of the ball is they. I know they're going well at the wide receiver position, but they really haven't got uh, Thomas involved at all at the tight end position. So we'll see if he gets a bit more involved this week. It's been you know they spent so much money on acquiring him as a free agent this past offseason and. It's a bit surprising that they just haven't really, since they came back from injury, haven't got them involved at all. Uh, two teams that you know have aspirations of getting into the playoffs, the Oakland Raiders lost last week, but you know they're 4-4. Four and four. It's a long time since they were at this stage of the season with a 500 record, so they still have a chance. Their wide receiver positions are really ripping it up at the moment. Michael Crabtree having a major bounce-back season. For him after leaving the 49ers. Amari Cooper is just uh, an absolute beast, I guess we'll call him. Leave it at that there. And uh, Derek Carr is playing exceptional stuff. And I mentioned the the Baltimore Ravens pick at the start of the season. I was not expecting big things from uh, Derek Carr. On the other side, it's the Minnesota Vikings. They are 6-2 and two and level with the Green Bay Packers in division. So a big week coming up here because the Packers obviously against the Lions and uh, obviously we'll see how the Raiders do against the Vikings. But this game, uh, the Vikings have really been kind of boring or mundane to watch they're they're not going out of their comfort zone they're playing to their expectations of what they want to do do you think we'll see the shackles kind of be taken off Teddy Bridgewater at some point this season obviously he had a concussion after the game uh, the past game but the, the Minnesota Vikings at the moment expecting him to play on this one
0: yeah I don't know about taking the shackles off I think what you said is very much on point in terms of they don't need to get out of their comfort zone because Every game but one this season, they've held their opponents to under 20 points. Yeah. And when you do that, you don't need to um, ask Bridgewater to do too much. It's disappointing from a, a purely kind of we're fans of the game, we know he can play, and we want to see him, you know, throw the ball down the field and use their weapons a bit more. But when you've got Adrian Peterson behind you, when you've got an offensive line that's outperforming uh, their talent in terms of you know the names that they have out there, and a defense that's basically you know stifling opponents, not letting them do anything. Um, you know, it's it's hard to get away from that, and Mike Zimmer is just that kind of coach. Um, in terms of this game as a whole, it's a fascinating contest. Yeah. Um, I think the the Raiders, especially, I'm very glad to see them doing well because it's been so long. Um, Derek Carr, his last three games, 11 touchdown passes, only one interception. His development has been really something to behold. Yeah. And watching him, the difference between this year and last is is you know it's massive. Um, as you say, it, the Vikings are optimistic. Bridgewater will play. That's a good sign. But I have more trust in the Vikings and their kind of boring uh, slash efficient uh, model than I do the Raiders at the moment so I'm going to take the Vikings just here but it's going to be again low scoring very close probably a Blair Walsh field goal to win
1: <laughs> Yeah we've seen the game last week with the, the Vikings and the Rams they love a good field goal those two teams so uh, I, I don't want the Vikings to win this game based on uh, hoping the Packers get ahead of them again in the division, but I won't be one bit surprised. The defense, I mentioned earlier the Philadelphia Eagles defense and the Rams defense haven't been talked enough about. Well, this Minnesota Vikings defense is pretty much, by the, the national media in the U.S., has pretty much been ignored this season, and they are one of the main reasons this team is 6-2. and two. So I think um, we'll see them step up this week and see if they can shut down uh, the Raiders' passing attempts. It's going to be a fascinating game, but I mentioned as well, with the Rams. If they get out of that comfort zone where they are playing, and you know, if, if the Raiders do put up 28 or you know, over 30 points, how does this Minnesota Vikings team do? But I, I do think there is the opportunity to, to, to go a little bit more pass-heavy if they have to, but uh, I think I'm going to I'm, actually I'm going to go against you in this one because we've been agreeing on far too much so far and <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders to, to get back above 500 I think it'll be, it'll be quite spectacular to see them make the playoffs this season uh, they've, they've been very very good value for money so far uh, team coming up next the New England Patriots 8-0 and do they go 9-0 and against the New York Giants the Giants kind of one of their bogey teams the last few seasons uh, uh, obviously Dion Lewis out for the rest of the season how do you see this one going?
0: Yeah, it's it, this is a bizarre stat I just found this morning. Did you yeah. know that the Giants have forced a league high 21 turnovers?
1: I mean that that can't be right. Yeah, but it well, is. It's you crazy. have to you have to probably remember that one of those turnovers was that uh, lateral kind of attempt. At the, oh yeah. <laughs> the ball. I actually I, I lost one of my fantasy games based on that this week which uh, ah. but uh you know these things happen but they they have been turning the ball over again. They played uh, Against uh, Branton Whedon and the Dallas Cowboys, I think they forced three or four turnovers in that game. So they have had games where they've had big sports turnovers. Defensively, they're they're not great, uh, you know, stopping yardage wise, but they are good, as you mentioned, turning the ball over. And they got Pierre Paul back last week too. And you know, I was surprised he played over seventy-five percent of the snaps last week and did look effective, uh, you know, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, hand or no hand, he's definitely going to help this defense as well. Uh, the New England Patriots, I just think it's a team that they've they have struggled against the Giants you look at those Super Bowls you look at different games when they've played them and they always seem to just get over the line this game is in New York as well but wow the Patriots at this stage um, I'm done doubting what they're going to do this season (laughs) same here
0: uh yeah I mean you you can't go against New England in this situation they're just especially with the Giants pass rush as feeble as it is at times and I know Pierre Paul's back but you have to think that he'll get a bit of extra attention um Although New England's offensive line, I think, not just this Probably week, but done. looking forward into the playoffs is a real concern. Uh, they've done well to kind of cobble something together there, but um, I'm a bit concerned about that going to games against, say, if they're playing Cincinnati or Denver in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think they get the win this week. Um, although, yeah, there's something about those blue helmets, you know, that you know, Tom Brady just doesn't like. So
1: could be an interesting one. Yeah, there's something just the Giants at the moment, they're kinda of fascinating. If they could get things to click they could be very, very good offensively, but at the minute they have really no run game. Last week they got Vereen involved a little bit more through short passes, and I've been shocked at how little they've used him this season after acquiring him from the Patriots. So we'll see if they use him much this week. But just uh you know, they have Reuben Randall who sometimes looks very, very good and sometimes looks very, very bad. So we'll see which one of him turns up this week. And, of course, they have Odell Beckham as well. Donnell from time to time as well, has that Jekyll and Hyde effect. There a lot of players just that from week to week you don't know what to expect from them. So we'll see which of them turns up. But I can't see the Patriots not winning this one uh, this coming week. And they go to 9-0. and That's uh, looks like we have the Panthers and them at 9-0. and And a team that had a potential to go 9-0 and but no longer do. Could they go 8-1 this week? It's the Denver Broncos facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos kind of very, very much surprised last week against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. A lot of people expecting the Broncos to roll in that one. Peyton Manning now needs one win, and I think he needs two yards. So he needs one win for the the most wins as an NFL player, and he needs, uh, I think, two yards to become uh, the most passing yards for an NFL quarterback. So I fully expect him to get at least two passing yards this week. Do you expect him to to get over that hurdle? (laughs)
0: oh definitely yeah and uh, it was actually funny watching that game last week uh, uh jim nance and phil sims were doing the commentary on yeah. cbs and you could just tell jim nance was just kind of getting himself ready for that you know that crowning glory moment where he yeah. got to be the announcer when paid manning broke the record and he was just getting so excited they were coming up to the, the goal line and it's like oh he's almost got the record but he didn't quite get it but this week he will get that and more um although the chief's coming off a bye um They're on an upwards trajectory at the moment, definitely, after that win in London that was against the Lions. But uh, I like what I've seen. They have the ability to give the Broncos trouble here. Uh, That's that's what I I will say. I don't know if they're going to get the win. Um, I think Denver are due for a bounce back here. Looks like DeMarcus Ware may not play, but they're getting Shane Ray back. So when one pass rusher goes down, another comes in. And they have such good depth up front, and the Chiefs have been poor at times on the offensive line, I think Denver... This could be another one of these get well games, like the Packers this week. I think
1: uh, Denver yeah. get the winner. When you look at what uh, the Broncos, you know, they got the defense will be talking this week. keep Talib obviously suspended for this game after uh, poking. Uh, can't the remember who he poked. eye,
0: eye poke. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, so the eye poke last week cost him this week's game, but you know they are very stacked uh, defensively, and you know only two weeks ago we were talking about them shutting down the Packers. So I think Alex Smith could be in for a long game, and this one we'll see how things develop. I'm going definitely here for a Broncos win. See them moving forward in this one. Uh, a big game coming up for the division here for the Seahawks and the Cardinals, and it's one that. It's in Seattle, uh, they are four and four. the Arizona Cardinals are six and two it is it is massive when you come to the stakes of this division because if Arizona won it, I think uh, they win the division. It's very early days, but how do you see it going?
0: yeah, this is another fascinating game
1: uh, I this is the game of the week one. I would imagine
0: uh, it has to be yeah um interestingly, Bruce Aryan said this week that this game is not a rivalry because Arizona have not done well enough. Uh, they're 3-7 and seven against the Seattle since 2010, and they're 1-3 against the Seahawks under him. So he basically says that, you know, this is kind of firing up his team, I guess, saying, like, this isn't even a rivalry. We're not good enough to call this a rivalry. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, lighting the fire under them. Um, I think Carson Palmer has been playing probably better than any other quarterback in the league this season. Um, pro Football Focus have him ranked as their number one uh, passer, and I'm not really surprised when you look yeah. at him every week and what he can do. Um, the Seahawks issue has been protecting Russell Wilson um, against the Blitz, he's completing only fifty-six percent of his passes, and the Cardinals blitz on the second most yep. snaps in the league. So I think that's a formula for success for Arizona. I don't think the twelfth man has the same uh, aura as it used to have, and uh, I think the Seahawks' defense, as we've seen in certain games this season, have kind of faded down the stretch uh, in the fourth quarter. So coming out of a buy, though, mm, I don't know. This one really tore me, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals here to basically. Pull put the dagger in this division and uh, yeah, put the nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, I thought I was going to be the only one going for a kind of brave pick in this. When the Cardinals did break the Seahawks record when they were going I think they had maybe 13 or 14 home wins at a stage two or three years ago. The Cardinals went in and bet them up there. It was kind of the start of, you know, when Carson Palmer and things were going well there. But I think the Cardinals just they match up very well against the Seahawks team, and I think the options they have passed. And both teams a strange kind of schedule thing. It happened with the Broncos and the Packers uh, two weeks ago. Both these teams coming off a bye, so both should be well healed up. And I think uh, just when you look at what the Arizona Cardinals have been doing, uh, they have they have looked very good. And I, I think they might just edge us because unless Seattle have started stuff on offense over the uh, the the bye week, I think you know the Cardinals are definitely. And, and positioning to put up more points than the Seahawks, so we'll see if they can get things going. But they just haven't looked all that impressive. And I remember watching them against the Cowboys two weeks ago, and just I just was not impressed. So we'll see how they do. But two of us here going for there's not many times yeah. that the uh, you know team people are picking against the Seattle Seahawks at home. But this would really I think uh, you know if they go to seven and two and the the Seattle Seahawks are four and five, I think this division is wrapped up. And we mentioned that Rams game earlier. If the Rams won there game, I think uh, you know, they're in around the same mark on, on stats, or on games won and lost, so we'll see how things go. The Seahawks, you know, if they lose this one, the playoffs aren't a certainty for them, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Last game of the week's Monday Night Football, uh, and we're looking here at the Texans heading to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Bengals pretty much uh, wiping the floor with everyone at the moment. How do you see this? Yeah, I mean, I
0: have to go. Bengals uh, again They kind of remind me a bit of the Panthers in the NFC in that they're just efficient they just get the job done they just you know they're not I mean they do it in a different way but they just seem to have depth at every position there isn't really a weak point in the team Andy Dalton although he will have his bad you know plays from time to time has been over the uh, you know on the, on the whole pretty consistent this season um, and with the Texans come to town yeah I mean what are they 11 point favorites or something you have yep. to think that this is going to be a pretty handy game for the Bengals and they have to be thinking number one seed here because yep. if they don't, don't get that and they have to go to New England then we know it's going to happen you know the Patriots have done it so many times in the past so this is it's crucial that the Bengals get that number one seed
1: yeah and uh, you know Really and truly, I'd say to DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Houston, it's hard to look at a lot of positives in this. Well, obviously, JJ Watt, but when you look at how the team is performing, I think those are the two guys that you look to, and I don't think it's going to be enough to get a win in this one. Uh, the Bengals, you mentioned uh, they're kind of depth at every position. Did you compare them to the Panthers? Well, uh, can you say that the Panthers have depth at the wide receiver position?
0: No, no, I don't, I don't mean it in that sense. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. definitely not a wide receiver. No no no. The Bengals have better depth at every position, that's for sure. Um what I mean is just kind of the in the kind general.
1: of winning mentality sort
0: yeah. of thing. They're, They're just kind of they get their job done yeah. whichever way it has to be done, you know
1: what I mean? Very, very consistent sort of like and they have they have those weapons that they can play in different ways. They can run the ball if they have to, they can pass the ball if they have to. And the defense is uh, playing quite well at the moment too. So eight no I expect them to go to nine 0 this week as well. So we could have three nine and no teams after this week, which would be quite extraordinary. never, never um, been done? No, never been done, I didn't know that, but uh, I was expecting that it was starting to get into that sort of territory, so it probably never will be done, there probably will be one of these teams shocked uh, this weekend, do slip up, we'll see how things go, but that's all the games on the slate this week, just um, as we wrap up, obviously the playoffs coming up, we went through those games, talking about some of the the issues with teams, like if the Seahawks lose, how teams uh, are going to go for the playoffs, I guess uh, at this point in the season, who do you think will be in the AFC and NFC games uh, and see who then goes to represent the Super Bowl? Do
0: you mean in the championship games? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, I think New England uh, will be in the championship games somehow. And I think it will be against Cincinnati. Uh, I I really fancy them to continue their run. Um, I'm not 100% sure the Panthers can finish the season as strongly as I'd like them to. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is Green Bay in the end hosting... Uh, being the number one seed, and I would say, you know, I don't know Arizona. I like Arizona a lot. I think you don't want to play them in the playoffs. And if yeah, if they get into a one-game situation, say against Green Bay or something, anything could happen. So yeah, that, that's showing my uh, my fan uh, fandom a little bit there, just uh, not having quite enough faith. How about you? you
1: no, well, I do agree with you on the a f c side, but you know you mentioned the Packers possibly getting home field advantage. I think that game last week really gives the panthers a huge opportunity yeah. because they also they have a two game stretch on them because of the six and two and eight no records, and then on top of that they have a head to head victory, so they have a huge advantage at this point in time, and if they can keep things going, obviously I don't think they're going to go sixteen and oh but you know the Packers the way they're playing at the moment. Unless things start to bounce back really quickly and start to smooth things over, I think uh, you know you're probably looking at maybe ten or eleven wins. And maybe that's just me being a Packers fan at the moment, being a little bit down on how the teams going you're saying the same about the Panthers. You don't want to yeah, get That's ahead. exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I just you, I wanna, just, it it you don't want to be disappointed come uh, playoff time. But I think you're probably looking at uh, those two, the Packers and the Panthers. I think are going to win their respective divisions. I mentioned the Vikings earlier. Still think the Packers are going to do it. I think the Vikings could sneak in as a wild card. I think uh, you know we both picked the um, the Cardinals to win this week, so I think they're going to win that division. And I think uh, the representative in the Super Bowls probably out of that group, off the Packers, the uh, Cardinals, or the Panthers. And just with the the Panthers, i would just worry if you know if Cam Newton, obviously if any quarterback gets an injury, but if he, stirred, I think run running particularly well, you know there's a few pieces there that. If they do lose out uh, and then not putting up enough points, maybe in a playoff game it could be tough. But they do have that playoff formula of strong defense and uh, you know being able to run the ball. So we'll see how it goes. The playoffs—they seem like a long, long way away. But you know, week one seems like a long, long time ago. So yeah. it flew in. So we'll see how it goes in the coming weeks. But uh, as always, it's been it's been fun talking to you going through the games, and it's good to have some uh, somebody on the Irish side of things keeping things going here for yeah. overtime, Ireland. But uh obviously you're on twitter do you want to give the the twitter a plug do you want to give any of the stuff you're doing for say football guys that a plug anything you want to yeah through? uh
0: thanks for having me on first of all and um yeah i'm on twitter uh, my username is at davlar 87 that's d-a-v-l-a-r-h-7 and you can find my stuff on football guys i write about the idp side fancy football that's individual defensive players yeah. i do a matchups column every week so you can check that out there and also i do a betting column called inside slant um, and so far this season i'm uh i'm up op- anyway so yeah. You know, i'm in the money so you know listen to me and you
1: won't go far wrong yeah that's always a positive side when you're going well actually uh betting wise myself i'm even for the season but i'm in a against the spread pool and uh, I, I would need to check up the record just at the moment but i'm up around this you know of a 20 or 30 game split between against the spread so i'm actually top of the pool which is uh looking quite good i I've have a, have a four game lead at the top of the pool so hoping I can keep that going for the rest of the season pick up some cash at the end of that but unfortunately some of the games I've been picking on a weekly basis to actually put the money down on have not been the games that are coming out as winners but uh, that's just the way you roll sometimes but a lot of fun uh, having you on the show hopefully we'll do it again before the end of the season and uh, as always give them a follow on Twitter, well worth it especially if you want to see a lot of uh, Carolina Panthers related activity But uh <laughs> Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross
0: Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast.
1: So once again, thanks to Dave for coming on the show. Do give him a follow on Twitter and uh, follow some of the great work he's been doing, his IDP work, of course, as well as some of the, uh, the betting the bet stuff that he's been doing there on the website as well. Obviously, I, I talked to him off air, very knowledgeable about all things betting, and as you've heard, there very knowledgeable about all things NFL as well. So do check him out on Twitter, and of course, as always, you can check out FootballGuys.com as well. We had on Sigm- Sigmund Bloom a couple of weeks ago, probably about two months ago now, and we're going to get him back on the show very shortly, uh, part of the football guys crew over there and a the phenomenal work they always do and of course some fantastic podcast available from them as well so with that uh, I mentioned uh, eating the kangaroo at the start of the show uh, it was very very tasty I might have to try that again but as always until I'm back uh, hopefully the Packers can win this week go pack go all the Packers fans out there and uh, until I'm back at the start of next week with the recap show and another guest to uh, go through all the NFL week 10 results have a good one